Steve. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. How many years have I wanted to do this? Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, I mean, truly, I, this this might be more fun for me than for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, friends, Steve is one of my dearest friends. Um, we've known each other for a long time. We work together, which is a huge blessing. Uh, we share art together. We encourage yeah. each other. We sometimes um, <laughs> say, get off your ass and do some stuff huh. to each other. You've done that for me many times. I still have a, have a, I have a guitar <laughs> up in my closet <laughs> that you strung for that me. <laughs> we both forget about. <laughs> <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> You're so nice. Um, so you, I, I really have been wanting to ask you a ton of questions. As, as you can see, I wrote way more down. Terrified to look at the page, sir. Don't even look. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Don't even look. Not gonna. Not Don't gonna. even look. Um, okay, favorite <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm just gonna dive right in. Steve, favorite thing to do as a kid? Oh, what age? It was different. Okay, let's like, say. All the time. Let's say between six and ten. Let's go back all that way. Uh, Plain in Minnesota. Yeah, six and, and, six and ten. Gobblers. Gobblers. Gobblers were later. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, like. Uh, high school. Teen, yep. Six and ten, I was uh, I was a cowboy. Were you? I had cowboy boots, chaps, yes. black cowboy hat. Uh, watched. I was also night rider. No. In that season, yeah. absolutely. Oh my god. And MacGyver, Michael Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a little watch with the <laughs> the calculator on it. Right. <laughs> yes, I would always I lose it. I could never find it when oh, I needed oh, to be oh, 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 oh. Uh, Michael. I think was his name. But what else? Uh, six to ten. Um, I loved to be outside. I would explore. We lived in Arizona for a while and there was the desert all around. So yeah. I'd go hunting for, uh, lizards. And I, I, when I was playing with my cousins, we would create these forts and my cousins were in charge of making the forts and I was transplanting cactuses for the landscaping. <laughs> Nobody asked me to. I just, transplanting cacti. I thought it was. I mean, how do you go about removing a cactus from properly i don't know a hard ground but yeah i i had i had my own way oh my god <laughs> i don't even remember but landscaping it was fun yeah lots of, lots of outside um, lots of fun so is that, so kaisen i mean i see kaisen and all those things he's always wearing the wearing the cowboy boots and the cowboy hats and all that stuff um were you a quiet kid or were you kind of a loud kid that's a good question i think um uh, my opinion would be I was probably quiet. Yeah. Uh, watching. I think I watched a lot of people. Uh, but with my friends, I was in it yeah. to win yeah. it. Yeah. So when I felt like it was our time, all of a sudden I would yeah maybe take charge even and, yeah. and you know suggest we're doing this. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, when I was in the mix, a bigger mix. Yeah. It's kind of on the fringe. That's how I was too, actually. And I think people might be. Uh, surprised to hear that for from both of us but sure. I, I really was kind of quiet I mean I didn't I didn't love to be the loud person or if there's a bunch of people around I, I would kind of hang around the periphery yeah and, exactly you know yeah enjoy yeah I sat at a lot of adult tables did you <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> um so like were you one of those kids that that got along equally well with adults as kids, like, could you mm -hmm. play both? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I had, had plenty of adult people that I knew and could interact with and felt comfortable with. 
And you were a church kid. I mean, your dad was a pastor, and so that that was a big part of your life growing up the whole the whole time. So the classic first there, last to oh, leave. Oh yeah, yeah. And and you always knew uh, who was going to be last, and so you just kind of hooked up with them yeah. the whole time and yeah. got into mischief. And yeah, I loved. We had a man. My dad was a pastor at a church in Northeast Minneapolis on Monroe Street, and uh, used to be Praise Assembly. This was one of those old buildings, early 1900s, yeah. and the different uh, secret passageways and the doors that you could find. We would get lost in this building yeah. and just have a ton of fun. And um, yeah, yeah, that was church. And were you? I mean, were, did you know? Were you roped into you know? Hey, do this. Hey, set up that. I mean, was it always like? Were you always there? Because I think right, like kids now. I mean, kids. Even our kids, right? They're they're at church, but it's not. I feel like it's different um, than what it was like when we were kids. And my my dad wasn't a pastor, but I feel like you were probably just Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Were you at church? Always the time? there, yeah. always there. I didn't have to do much, uh, which was fun because when I uh, before I was around twelve, which is when we moved up to Aiken, mm-hmm. and my dad became a senior pastor, and then my my role changed as firstborn. But oh. before then, it was very much, we're at church, just stay out of trouble. Got it. And that's where we'd either go exploring or specifically on Wednesdays, I played drums for hours. Nice. In the sanctuary. And Louisa was the secretary. And uh, every time I'd, I'd walk into the office and ask for the key to the sanctuary, she would begrudgingly oh. find the key. Because I was drumming right next to her office. Right. She was obviously and very excited about that. Supportive of me, I think just... Probably but groaning to God. Wednesday afternoons life. are going to be a little loud. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, so uh, changing gears a little bit, Steve. Okay. Uh, what are you really good at? Meansy. <laughs> you know I'm going to ask that question. What are you really good at? <sighs> um, I love people. And I love it when people are fully alive, feel the, the space and the freedom to be themselves. And so I, as an artist and as a co-creator, try to create atmospheres, uh, spaces for people to feel safe yeah. and, and to have a desire to take it further. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's enough of an addict in me also that I just want more yeah. all the time of whatever is good. And so I will, um, on any of the personality tests, I've never been a maximizer, but I would say that that's kind of how I would use spaces mm-hmm. or experiences is what's the most we can get out of this and how, how can I position myself to help, um, the most come to fruition. And so whether that's with a person or a situation or, service whatever yeah. it is it's it's kind of fun and how i do that has shifted over the years yeah talk about that well i think initially what was bred into me or or what was in my personality was to be everything um as steve haynes and so to have a good moment a maximized moment wherever that was was for me to be the loudest mm-hmm. the most and maybe that would encourage other people to be and i've realized um over the years, and Genesis has helped me, um, and how you lead has helped me see that um, to maximize something or help a moment be bright and full is actually oftentimes an exercise in diminishing. 
mm -hmm. um, and allowing. And that's been fun. Um, it's actually a better lifestyle. It's, it is. Yeah. I, I agree. And I also agree that it's a difficult thing to learn. You know, oh, it's the hardest. Um, especially, I think, both of us are good on a stage, you know, and like sure. kind of like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Mm -hmm. But... To, and I've seen you do this so well on a stage, but also one on one, that you do know how to how to help people both enjoy their experience up mm -hmm. there, but also really feel like they're right at that edge of challenge where it's mm. just challenging enough to where you know they're going to pee their pants a little bit, <laughs> uh, but not so challenging that you know it's going to be terrifying. They don't want to go back and do it again. I mean, I've yeah. seen so many yeah. people musicians and worship leaders that you have helped realize that they can do that, you know, Thank you. and you just, I don't know how you, I love you, know, that. you tell yeah. them they're going to do that. But, but I also, I was just talking to someone yesterday, Steve, that, um, they were saying about you and I totally agree that one-on-one -on -one, people that are one-on-one -on -one with you feel like, oh my gosh, here's someone that really sees me that knows how to ask great questions and how to pull out the, the good stuff. And I think, um, and I think you're really good at that too. So, I mean, it's like, Thanks. you know, and so my follow-up question to that is how do you, um, and actually this is a question that, um, that one of your friends posed for you, oh boy. but, um, how do you, how has your life changed, um, without the kind of anonymity to, and I'm going to add to the question. The question was just how has your life changed when you've lost anonymity, but, I would also add to that, like when you sit down at a table, now you're not just Steve, the friend, you're Steve, the pastor, you're Steve, the guy that everybody knows is really good at one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, sure. so like, how do you navigate your life, um, to where you feel like you're not just, you know, maybe empty after that, or feel like, oh, every time I sit down, I have to show up as that. That's a really good question. Um. I think to tell you that, to, to say the answer would be to say my story yeah. because it's, um, I don't learn anything easily. <laughs> I, as you know, <laughs> will push as hard as I can. Uh, I have this intense desire to find where things stop, where things start, um, what the bottom is. Uh, and I've hit bottom so many times because I, I, I want to know sometimes and sometimes it, it happens. I, Actually, I'd have to say when I read the Tao Te Ching mm -hmm. is actually when I came in touch with a better understanding of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and the role that the Spirit might want me to play mm -hmm. instead of the role that I want the Spirit to play. And when I realized that there was a request of me mm -hmm. uh, of a way to live in the world, and I realized that that was actually the best way for me to be me, I started to try to key into what that was. Um, and then different guides along the path showed me more of what that looked like. Yeah. But I think, um, the anonymity piece is tough because if you know me, you know that my main addiction is to self-preservation. Mm -hmm. And over the years as a pastor, I've absolutely insulated myself to the point of extinction. I've, yeah. I've, I've my soul's been dried up and, and dead before. And the reason was because I didn't feel like I could be who I was. Yeah. And, um, I think true friendship 
has has shown me that it's okay to be who you actually are. Yeah. And there's still acceptance and love and you still get to play. Yeah. You still get to try fun things and create fun things together and still just be who you are. And so I, maybe it's a belief in in um, your fellow person mm-hmm. and it's a belief in what God wants to do in the world. I, I, I have high belief in what God wants to do in the world. Yeah. And, and I think um, that helps too. Mm. I'm not the only one. Right, right. Not, and I've heard you say, you know, you're not the... You're not the beginning of the story. Yeah, absolutely. You're not the end of the story. You're, you're right in the middle. You're you're going to do your part, and it's going to be whatever it is, big or small. Yep. You can't control that. Exactly. Um, and that's helped me when I've heard you say that, because I think I can go to either side, like, oh, I mean, I'm not going to do anything. So, Or, you know, some grandiose, it's all up to me, and I'm going to do it, you know. Um, neither of which is helpful, you know. But as artists, and yeah. I think you, you key into this too, is... We begin art projects and we finish art projects and there's such that sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. that wouldn't it be great to think yeah. that on a grand cosmos yeah. scale, will it will at least begin something that will end it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I, okay, I, I thank you for saying that actually because I, I, I think, and this is weird, right? But like there has to be a little bit of that in you yeah, or else you're probably not going to make anything, like you're not going to keep making that thing that at first feels great, but then feels like the stupidest idea you ever had in your life. And then pushing through to finishing it, I think you have to have a little bit of that hope that it's actually going to do something big. And I don't know that that's bad. I mean, like that's just that's just part of the fuel that I think gets good stuff out there. And then it does what it does, and then you go through what you go through. And if it's great, you still go through whatever you go through. And if it's not that great, then you get to deal with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think it's as artists we we pull into visibility what has been invisible, and each time we do that individually, when that happens first for us, when I'm writing that song, when I'm playing that melody, when you're writing those words, it's an epiphany. Yeah. And I know for me that feels like a complete shift of everything inside. And so we assume it's going to be that way for everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> and it's not, right? <laughs> and maybe that's beautiful and ah, hard. Um, so, I, okay, you're working on a record right now. Uh-huh. I am. <laughs> and uh, I, last time I asked you, hey, wh- you know, when's it going to come out? And you're like, well... We're, I don't know, because we're just really doubling down on working on the tracks and making them great. And they sound like there's this whole new level of we really want to, like even you're a producer, like you really want to make it really as good as it can be. And I've heard some of it and really like I've been so excited because it doesn't. Thanks. No, really. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't sound like, I don't even know, like it certainly doesn't sound like worship music. See the air quotes. Um, yeah. Uh, but it, but it also like, like it has its own flair and flavor and and uh, so um, so how are you feeling? Thanks, no, it's oh my gosh, how are you feeling as that project continues to go along? Oh, lots of feelings. They're, the feelings are huge. Um, yeah, we recorded in November with the band, and that was the first four days. We were all there. It was the busiest days, and. We got done, and I had a complete breakdown. Just couldn't even handle. I mean, I've been waiting twenty years to record something, and just haven't had anything to say. And I've known it. Yeah. And uh, since 
since that point, that was probably three months ago, there's been this really exciting, growing energy of, I'm actually making something that I'm proud of. And other people that are close to me are seeing what I'm trying to make. And they're going, oh, we'll help with that. Aaron, our producer, Aaron Ankrum, is phenomenal. Yeah. He's just an incredible artist, a great producer, a great musician. And he's started to see where I'm trying to point. And mm -hmm. he even sometimes knows better where I'm trying to go than I do. And it's, I, with everybody on this project, it's like the next iteration of collaboration yeah. for me. It, I think as an as a artist, I prefer playing with others. I do create on my own. But then pretty quickly, I want to open that up to see mm -hmm. what does this do in you and how do you want to rise into this? And so the project's becoming more than I ever, ever thought it could. And it's just really exciting. The music's really exciting. The other fun thing about the project is each song has been sponsored by another artist, a painter or a sculptor oh, yeah, or yeah, a videographer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm starting to see some of these works. And it's amazing. Um, how the songs have spoken to these artists and these artists are now speaking back into where these songs are going to go and it's just it's more than i could have hoped for i'm very grateful and i feel humbled by it because it's it's pretty cool so when it gets released um is it going to be released with some of these other art pieces or somehow or is it or is that not possible yeah we're making instead of a an, an actual cd with a jewel yeah. case we're yeah. just going to make a book and it's going to be like a coffee table book. And so when you buy our album, you'll be buying a book. And you'll be buying all these prints with all the lyrics, with stories behind all the artists. And then they'll just be like a QR code. This is our current idea. This is what we're shooting for yeah, right now. Yeah. And um, because the music at this point is part of it. And really these stories. For example, there's a song that Heidi and I wrote. Psalm 23 is a really big psalm for me. Mm -hmm. I think I see my whole life inside of Psalm 23. We're all headed towards the table of peace with our enemies, mm -hmm. at, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we wrote this song in Yellowstone and had a great time. We were right by a river. Our campsite was right by a river. There were canyon lands and these big, huge walls. They were red. And we sent the song without telling uh, Dave Thorpe, our friend, where we wrote this. We just sent him the song, yeah. sent him the lyrics. Steve, he painted where we wrote the song. But he didn't know. But he didn't know. And I sent him a picture of where we wrote this, and he, and he couldn't even he freaked out. This. Things like that, are, it's just awesome. Wow. It's exciting. That's killer. Yeah. 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 Well, like I said, I mean, the stuff I've heard is just so beautiful, so good. Thank you. Um, that I can't wait for it. And I, I didn't, I mean, the, the book, I didn't know it was going to be a book. That is killer. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. Thanks. All right. So um, the Super Bowl was here in, Min in uh, Minneapolis this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and you found yourself, um, surprisingly, I think for you, not sitting around. Well, maybe during the game you were watching the game. But before the game, you were doing something else. Yeah, you want to <laughs> tell that story because I love that. I love outside that playing with trains, Steve. <laughs> I think some newspapers caught some of that. Oh, I did. I found myself in a place that honestly I was I was scared to uh, think about going until I was there. Yeah, and it just happened. Um, but yeah, I I was part of a protest. I was part of a group of white clergy 
that were asked to be part of a direct action that um, another group, Black Lives Matter, were putting together. And a group of white clergy had been asked to, to, to be present to witness what was going on on as a third party, not as, as, as maybe what people would think of as the two meeting forces of law enforcement and a protest, but a third party of clergy witness. And yeah, the, the, we can get into it, but I didn't think of myself as someone who got invited to something like that. And then I've never been part of something like that. I certainly didn't know how to show up. It was an incredible experience and, uh, yeah, very grateful for it. Well, so I do want to get into it because you got a text a few days before right. from a friend. Hey, are you in? And you kind of said, yeah, I'm in. But you didn't really know what being in meant. The direct action was so well put on, yeah. so well coordinated and supported that everybody had a role. And there was this sense of protecting um, the action itself to go well. Yeah. And so the yeah, Super Bowl was on Sunday. I got a text on Wednesday, the week before, that basically said there's a direct action going down and white clergy are invited. I can't tell you anything else. It's happening before the Super Bowl. Yeah, are you in? Mm -hmm. Was the question. Yeah. And uh, it was from my my friend. Uh, who is deeply involved in these sorts of things. He lives a life that is very involved with friendship and says yes to things. And I knew that I needed to say yes. And actually, I honestly may have said no, but I, I on your recommendation, have been watching Stranger Things. <laughs> and I'm very behind the ball on this. I'm yeah. a latecomer to Stranger Things. Yeah. But it just gotten through the episode where these four boys are, are very adamant about friendship rules. Yeah, yeah. There's rules to being a friend. Yeah. And I honestly haven't lived with too many rules of friendship. Right. And I liked this piece of you go where your friends are. Yeah. And my friend who's invited me into this has always been on the front lines and yeah. has always been out front uh, ahead of me. And honestly, that popped into my mind of this is a friend rule situation. And he knows I can do this. He knows I need to be asked into this. And so I need to say yes to this. And so I, I said yes to not knowing what it was. And I, I did say I need to talk to Heidi, my wife. Yeah. Because who knows? You might get arrested or, you know. But then what am I going to say? I, I, you know, Heidi, I'm going to go. Uh, Stand in front of a train. But something. you didn't even know. I didn't even you know. Didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't know do. what it was. Yeah. And she said, well, <laughs> go for it. But I think that it's, it's, it's fascinating, too, that... Um, um, that that a friendship is is what spurred you on like like right. not um a lot of things could have spurred you on passion guilt um justice whatever but really it was friendship and i think that's so consistent with your life um and your one of your l l huge values of life but then so then you get there and then you know a bunch of not even a bunch maybe 10 12 8 white clergy and callers, including you, are meeting at a restaurant and you're going to find out what, what you're going to do, right? Right. So, so they, we show up at this at um, at a cafe. Yeah. It's close. Yeah. It's this dive. I, I love it. And it was a perfect spot. And we get there and we're all around the table and um, I was early, so I had my coffee and that I ordered my hash browns and 
we're talking, kind of getting to know each other. And then pretty soon the leader of our group just leans over and goes, now, just so you know, we're stopping a train today. <laughs> yeah. And I just went, I mean, I had guessed that's what it was, but that was the first time anybody told me. And I went, no way. And how close we were to the tracks, how close we were to the time that we were going to walk out that door and go stand in front of that train. I just went, are you kidding me? How have I found myself stopping a train in Minneapolis? Um, the, but the camaraderie around that table of other clergy who also, this isn't our neighborhood's struggle. Yeah. That we were being asked to support other friends, friends of friends. We were mm -hmm. being asked to support other neighbors who said they're in pain. Will you validate the fact that I feel like I'm in pain? Will you validate the fact that I don't feel heard? And there was there was that sense that 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 bound us together. And so there was this joy around the table. There was this giddy. Um, and I think all of us were pretty nervous. I'll call out Matt Moberg. He was he was shaking. I mean, he'll never say he was scared, but that poor guy had a tough time. No, but yeah, and and so there we were around the table, and and uh, the medical team was also at that cafe, and we kind of saw each other and yeah, said, yeah. you know, hey, thumbs up and good luck, and and then when it was time, we walked out the cafe and down to the tracks, just like that. Wow. Okay, we're gonna take a little break, and uh, we'll be right back to hear the rest of the story. Hey friends, we'll get right back to the podcast in a minute, but I wanted to take some time to thank you for listening. I also wanted to point you to where you can find my other work. If you go to steveweens.com, my website, you can find links to buy my books, to read my blog. And also, if you want to, you can invite me to speak to your tribe. When my schedule allows, I love to travel and do that. Lastly, you can check out patreon.com slash thisgoodword and consider becoming a supporter of This Good Word. Uh, for as little as $2 a month, you can get access to content that I only publish on Patreon. Right now, I'm going through a series on Lent. So if you subscribe now, you can get access to a weekly blog dedicated to helping you reflect and enter into Lent a little more fully. Hey, if you enjoy this good word, please head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. It's a really good way to help me spread the message of this good word. Thanks so much. Let's get back to the podcast. All right. So you're about uh, to go outside to stop the, the train, the light rail, and everyone's coming to the stadium, you know, to watch the game. And so I remember, Steve, a couple of years ago, you you and I were both running the Twin Cities Marathon. Yeah. Yep. I remember, remember that. Remember that? Yep. And we heard <laughs> that Black Lives Matter might protest the race, you know? And my first thought was, dang it, man, right. no way. Like, I've been training months for this thing. And, ah, that sucks. I mean, I'm, I want to, like, applaud the cause, but could you do a different... <laughs> Could like you pro could you protest a different thing? Because this really matters to me. And then it was like, oh crap. I mean, could could you talk about that? Because some people are listening, maybe, and saying like, okay, but I don't get how. Because this is the question I hear all the time. I don't get how blocking a train going to a football game has anything to do with racial justice. I, I love that question. Yeah. I think that's the exact question to ask. Yeah. And and if anybody says that's a bad question, I 
No, it's a great question. Because that's it's, how it's, you get to what is actually going on. Why but, does this make sense? But don't you think, Steve, like that's the dumb question you're afraid to ask? Absolutely. You know? But you have to ask Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You have to ask it to get one click further along. So, so with my friend who got me involved, so he sent me the text on Wednesday. On Friday, we were together face to face. And I, I said the same thing. I said, look. I am all for supporting, for witnessing, and I do believe that white privilege has absolutely been a disaster in this in this country, and, and, and for longer than just the United States history. But why the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, and why? How is this going to help even the Black Lives Matters yeah. cause? Because of all the people who are going to say they're doing the wrong thing. Um, and then we started realizing the reason why we don't understand is because it's not our history. It's not our story. And we've been part of the story, but what's going on is completely different than, than anything we've ever lived. And so the question of why, why the marathon? I had the same thing. Yeah. I've been training all summer and this cause is going to get in my way yeah. the last mile. But I think it's actually a perfect place to say, you always get to run. Yeah. You always get to finish. Yep. Strong. You always get to pick your time and nail it. Yep. Um, for the Super Bowl, you always get to buy a ticket and ride the transportation. The interesting thing that most people don't know um, is that the light rail was shut down for city users. So the, the people who are in neighborhoods that need public transportation on a Sunday, which is different than people yep. who need transportation during the weekday, um, the clientele is different on a Sunday, such that it felt okay to say, you can't ride the train today. Only ticket holders get to ride the train into the stadium. And that alone is enough to say, wait a second, yeah. the, the, the economic disparity here is, that's not fair. But then if you look further and look at the neighborhoods that that's affecting and, and the, the races that that's affecting in our city, it was actually the exact right move right. for Black Lives Matter to say, look, you can't play black lives on the field and then not let us ride the train we need to ride um, for our normal everyday life. Right. And I think, you know, the take the knee movement was just going, look, you're not listening to us on the field. Right. You're not paying attention to us. We have to do something. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely a beautiful move. And I think they, what I've learned in this is that when someone who's in pain says I'm in pain, if they feel like they need to scream it, they get to scream it. Yeah. Because if they feel like I've pushed them that far, I think maybe I need to be screamed at because yeah. I obviously haven't been listening yeah. until now. Yeah. I, I, I could not agree more. And I think it's fascinating, Steve, that you brought up um, that, that, that no one hears about that, you know, the single mom that's working at CVS right. uh, and has to get to work two miles away, and usually they take, you know, the green line, can't get to CVS, has to take a, an Uber or walk. Uh, and that's a huge inconvenience that they didn't ask for. But the only people that, that can get on the green line that day are ticket holders. And right. so, yes. So it's very thoughtful. And I think that's the other thing that gets twisted. Like that protests are just this crazy, unplanned, Molotov cocktail, you know, looting. No, 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 no. Actually, it's very thought out, 
when it is nonviolent, nonviolent. Um, and, um, and that was a great, I think you told me later, that's what you learned. It's like, wow. I mean, I think what you talked about most was how that was so beautifully organized. I'm, I'm new in this. Yeah. I think that a lot of people have struggled with, especially Black Lives Matters, as it's been growing from its infancy. And I, um, what I can speak to is my own personal direct experience, and it was so well done. There were um, contracted lawyers, who three lawyers who were on site, on the yeah, platform, yeah, part yeah. of everything. They had liaisoned with the NFL. They had liaisoned with Minneapolis Police Department. Um, all the way down to working out, are there going to be handcuffs or zip ties yeah. for who gets arrested? Yeah. Um, and The lawyers were working that out ahead of time. Before, yeah. days, yeah. weeks before. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were these ideas that when the protest is called in, Who's going to respond? Is it going to be the National Guard? Mm. Is it going to be the state troopers? Or is it going to be the Minneapolis police? We requested the Minneapolis police, and they honored that request. Mm. National Guard was in town for the football game. Yeah, of course. They very easily could have sent. That would have been a whole different deal. So I think the protest on, on Super Bowl Sunday showed a uh, police force, look, there's a community who has something to say that will say it nonviolently and respectfully. It also showed the community, here's a police force, who will choose wise decisions and to assess the situation and understand the essence of something before reaction. And uh, within, I think, an hour and a half, everybody who had been re uh, arrested had been released. Yeah. Nobody spent the night in jail. There was this respect. And I'll, I'll say that that was my experience on the platform, on the train platform, is it was peaceful. There were a couple moments where it maybe could have gotten tense and then there was diffusion. Um, and anyway. And you even talked about the police officers that you observed and you interacted with were cool, right? I mean, they, they just, they were down. They were, right? I mean, they, they were for the so most part, cool about they, were, it. they were just like, yep. Especially, I mean, the NFL knew that this might happen. They didn't know where it would happen. But within 10 minutes, all of the ticket holders riding the train had been rerouted via bus. The The police chief for the NFL is an incredible person, had a backup plan. So actually, people weren't necessarily inconvenienced that were trying to get to the game more than 10 minutes. Yeah. And so the police decided, we'll let you guys stay. <laughs> it yeah. was this sense of, and it was freezing cold. Yeah, it was like and so, zero degrees. You, know, they, yeah. you, you didn't want to. Here you go. Stay out here. But that's what allowed the media uh, time to show up. And all of a sudden, people all over the world were watching what yeah. was happening. And it was because the police force decided, we'll, we'll let you have this moment. Which is pretty incredible. I think so. Yeah. I think it was a huge show of faith. I think it's really easy when you're talking about a protest to pick a side. And the one side's the enemy. The other side is the messiah, you yep. know, and it's like one side you vilify and the other side, you know, you you lift up. And what I hear you saying is actually this dance worked out pretty well. I mean, you know, exquisitely. I yeah. Thought. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and then my last question on the, on the protest, uh, and you can go here or not, but later on that day, you found yourself talking to someone who was not pro-protest. Yeah? <laughs> I would say that. Yeah. the And you got to do that dance. Getting off, I was still cold and uh, met with someone that I did not think was going to be coming at me. 
because I was ready to relax and, right. and ready to just kind of feel like, holy moly. Yep. <laughs> I've done a lot. Yeah, well, you had. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. And I was, and, and then I was, I was sideswiped. I didn't see it coming. And the, but we talked about it. We engaged in the conversation. I realized that really what I think this person was doing was asking, is there, is there understanding for someone like me? Yeah. Who just wishes it was better, but I don't think I have a part in it and I just want it to be over. I want all this to be over. I don't think I'm a racist. I, I'm on the outside of this and I just, I love to watch my black football players. I love to vote for black presidents. I don't know why I have to be in a city that's dealing with this. And man, that, it was an incredible conversation to say, well, what is our opportunity here then? It's yeah. not going away. right? And so what do two white guys like us in, in Robbinsdale do? And we found that it wasn't nothing. Right. Uh, that there are actually places in our everyday life that we are upholding a system where even a sentence is enough to say, okay, we're, we're at least not saying, let's not do anything. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was a good conversation and, and one that, um, quite frankly, is the hardest for me to have because while I don't necessarily know what to do all the time, I know we should do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was good to be able to go, okay, what is that that next thing? And I think, first of all, it's just to look at my life and go, how am I engaging in these neighborhoods mm -hmm. at all? Mm -hmm. And am I? Do I even know what the issues are? Yeah. And am I using my privilege, my wealth, whatever it is? And for me, it's an artist. Yeah. Uh, am I using my artistry? Well, and, and your ability to make friends. Oh, yeah, right. Right, exactly. Am I going to use all of this for myself? Yeah. But I mean, you're wealthy in that, in that ability to reach out, to make friends, to share friends, to, and I've seen you do that for a lot of years now. And I think that's part of why, you know, um, I'm learning from mm -hmm. you about this. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, you're, yeah, you're, you're wealthy in, in relationships and you're not mm -hmm. afraid to look dumb. Oh man, <laughs> Steve. No, I love that. That's a high yeah. Cause most of us are like, oh. Hey, I don't want to do, you know, like something has to be done, but that, I don't know, man, you know? We were talking a couple weeks ago about ones and fives. Yeah, ones and, and fives. And I think for the people who want to stay safe, you yeah. hit threes consistently. Yeah. And it's great. Awesome. And I hit I hit more ones than most people I know. I, I bottom out more times than I care. But every once in a while, yeah. I get to be part of a five. And and it's, it's almost addicting to be able to think that you're actually creating movement forward. Yeah, it's so exciting, and it's absolutely friendships. You're right. No, you're 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 wealthy in friendships, and the, and and the ones and fives conversation was great, and we're still having it. But but it's basically when you when you do something, um, we're always afraid of the review that we're gonna get, and that's either written or non-written or verbal or non-verbal. And so someone told me one time, or I read somewhere, so like, hey, when you put something out, and like, imagine it gets an Amazon review. You don't want to get threes and fours. No. You, you, you want to get ones and fives. Right, you exactly. Ones and fives. That's it. And I, you know, and, and so I've been thinking about that for a couple of years, and I think not being afraid to look dumb is being okay getting some ones, you know, for the privilege of getting some fives later on, you know? Exactly. So I think we have to ask the questions. We have to look dumb. We have to, you know, say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here. Most of the anxiety in my life and most of the fear in my life is about don't be a one. 
don't and it absolutely conflicts with my desire to do something good yeah. in the world. You just it builds this fear of don't try. Just don't try. Well, it's so refreshing to meet someone that's not afraid to be one, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think so. Like that refreshing sense when you get someone, like when you meet someone that's that you go, oh, you're really not afraid to <laughs> do something that you might look stupid. Like you, you're really not. Um, yeah. Like I mean, oh my gosh, Steve. Maybe you saw this, but a couple of weeks. No, I'm not going to even go there. Oh! Um, no, a couple okay, weeks ago. It was Rabbi Allen. Rabbi Allen's at church. Yep. And he's been on the podcast a bunch of times. And you guys are doing a song. And he wants to dance, man. Right. I saw this. Oh, my gosh. And he you're a big dancer. At me. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so he looks at me and he goes, like, are we going to do it? And I look at him like, oh, no. Don't even ask. Don't even ask. I always didn't want to look at him, like, make eye contact. And I just looked at him and I did this with my, like, I got real small, small as I could with my body. And I said, I don't want to do it. But he grabbed my arm and, like, pulled me across the front. In front of the whole whole church. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, And I wasn't. And just something stupid like that. I mean, like, that's pretty low um, threshold in terms of, like, no one cares. No one would have cared. I mean, maybe someone would have But for people like you and me, that is kind of hell. Oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah, right. very embarrassing. Who knows why, but it just yeah. is. Yeah. So, I All enjoyed right. that that happened to you though, oh when gosh. it did. Yeah. Just well. so you know. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, well, thanks for going there with the protest stuff. I, I, you know, I think what I'm taking away from that is ask the dumb question, get connected to people who are doing something, maybe say yes to something that you're not sure how it's going to turn out. You know. Or even if you know you support it. Right, right. Just, you know, for the sake of relationship. Yes. Get in there, you know. Because yes. um, you're probably, like, none of us are 100% for this or 100% against that. And even if we are, even if we think we're 100% against something or for something, we don't really know why or what the, you know, who the people are that are behind it really. So um, get involved, learn, understand, and then kind of debrief with someone and go, holy crap, that was crazy. Or, wow, that was pretty interesting, you know, right? Um, I'll I'll say that it's helped me in uh, just as a, to tag on to the end, I was asked to become a pastor before I knew what the story was. God let me into this role. Um, I was able to be a friend in ways before I knew what it meant to be a good friend. Hmm. And so how many times has the creator allowed me to play before I actually knew what I was supporting exactly. or how to support it the right way. And so I think we can give the same honor to our neighbors that has already been bestowed on us. And I think that's faithfulness. Yeah. Oh, that's so well said. I love that. We can we can play. Play. Even though we're, God knows we're not going to get it right. Absolutely you know? not. so not the point. <laughs> Especially uh, us. Right. But we're going to, you know, like, ah. Oh. But but you're going to get in there and get involved and yeah. way before you're ready. Of course. Of course. Um, okay. Um, some other questions. Oh, boy. Uh, let's call these the rapid fire questions. Just first thing that comes to your mind, right? Uh, you, have a, you have a week and you have a plane ticket anywhere. Where do you go? Oh, China. Okay. Why? Uh Love exploring the mountains in China. Mm. They're so old. Yeah. They're ancient. Um, the trees look cooler. Uh, the rocks are cooler. Uh, the food is better. 
Yeah. Uh, the culture is is fantastic. I've been there once. I'd love to take Heidi. So for a week, I'd, yeah. that's absolutely right. So you and Heidi, China. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Uh, what's inspiring you these days? Ooh. People who are broken. Mm. People who are weeping through their life. Yeah. They are some of the strongest people I know. Ugh, so good. Uh, okay, uh, celebrity crush as a teenager. Oh, jeez. Come on. Weens. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, um... So this is like early '90s. What is this? Well, first off, uh, the the beautiful woman who played in um, as as you wish, uh, Princess Bride. Oh yeah. Well, that's uh, uh, Robin Robin Wright Penn. Robin. Yes. Robin Wright. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Julia Roberts. Oh yeah. Notting Hill. Notting Hill. That's oh, yeah. your that's your go to Julia mm-hmm. Roberts film. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and then Leia. I should have said Leia first, Whoa. but absolutely. Any yeah. particular, you know, Empire Strikes Back? Like Return of the Jedi, Leia. Probably, yeah. Well, the white robe. The, the, oh, yeah. yeah. Just the oh, opening, opening scene. Yeah. New, New Hope. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, <laughs> okay. Ryan or Charlie? <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> uh, depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Any more you want to say about that? Oh, not at all. Okay, that's good. I love them dearly. But... Um, so you get to pick who kills you. <laughs> could be a celebrity, could be a friend. Who kills you? I mean, really, like literally. You you get to pick, but it's a murder. Someone kills you, and you get to pick. Like I'm being murdered. You're being murdered. It's the end of your life. Oh my goodness. And I get to pick who murders me. Yeah. I've never even thought of this. <laughs> it's crazy. This is fantastic. I would want you to do it. Okay. Wow. Because you would know how to do it. <laughs> you would. <laughs> First of all, stupidest question ever, but I had to ask it. But you would do it with such kindness okay. in your heart. You would yeah. do it with, I would just, I'm sorry, this has to happen. I would just feed you way too much bourbon. <laughs> yep. Just, I would just keep, yep. keep feeding you bourbon until it was all over. If I didn't, if I didn't know you, I, I, uh, that's, that's a fantastic, <laughs> probably, I, you know, a rando. Yeah. I'd go out in rando style. Just okay. Someone I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, true or false, you applied to rehearse for American Idol. Uh, false. Well, there was a long pause yep, there. I downloaded think, the I, application. Okay, so you thought about it, and then i I thought of, uh, I thought of how long I'd have to stand in line, mm-hmm. and I thought that's that's too hard for stardom. Yeah, I can't do it. But I, I, I mean, that could you 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 could have. Oh yeah. We oh both yeah. No, we yeah, both know that. Yeah, we both know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, finish the sentence. I wish I could play piano better. Ah. Are you serious? Uh, man, you know, here's the deal with practice is that I, I try to um, start my practice with uh, something that warms me up. I move into something that builds my confidence. And then by the end of practice, I need to be pissed off that I can't. And it, it just happens too soon. I get so pissed off so quick that I can't play what I hear. And I know that if I went back to the rudiments, um, I'd skyrocket. But the, the truth is I never really learned how to read music. And so that that really, I'd have to go back and humble myself as a child, and that's that's 
tough for a guy That's like tough. me. Yeah. I was just checking that if there were any more questions from my friends uh-huh. that I, that that's what I was doing on my phone right there. I, I didn't want to break our concentration, but, um, <clears throat> okay. Um, uh, wow. But, but do you remember when you broke the string on that baby? Grand? Steve, that was one of my favorite. I've been waiting to break a string on a grand. My you whole broke life. a string, bro. On a Steinway, bro. Come on. Say it one more time. That is killer. <laughs> It was pretty fun, and I'm glad that would nobody be on got my Twitter eye. handle if I was then. Well, yeah, no. or like you maybe. Yeah, but that's probably me. So amazing. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, you're a huge sports fan, so I know sports you. Sports is big for me. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So I know you have some thoughts on uh, the Vikings signing Kirk Cousins. You know, as their next quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Just the biggest. Is know, that a good thing? The biggest signing. Well, he's the biggest free agent quarterback in the market. You know, probably puts us. In the number one slot in the NFC Super Bowl favors, probably, but I mean, I'm just saying. Like, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm happy for the Vikes. Yeah, uh, I, I I believe in purple. Um, I think we need to move the ball down the field more, and we need to block the red zone. Yeah, more. <laughs> block the red zone. <laughs> Okay, uh, let me see if I have any more questions, Stephen. We are we are right at the edge here, I think, of really um, hitting most of these. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, what musician, if you met them, oh. would most likely induce you to embarrass yourself in a kind of fanboy moment? Paul Simon. Really? Absolutely. Paul Simon. Bro, Paul Simon is the very coolest of all time. Yeah. The guy and his melodies and the way he doubles melodies and the way he harmonizes uh, the rhythms and what's cool and I I don't I haven't studied him I don't I don't know enough but his work with South Africa yeah. and how it influenced his music and how he chose to submit to these other rhythms that he didn't grow up with these other um, it's stunning how expansive his artistry is because of how he collaborates with other artists. Yeah. And I love that. He knows what he's good at, and then he knows what else there can be, and he finds the friends to come around and play these incredible fretless bass licks. Like, what singer-songwriter cares about a great bass lick? He does. He does. He does. And what, you know, and, and all of the... the I, I could go on. The, the lyrics, the way he... I taught my kids uh, Pigs, Sheep, and Wolves recently. I don't know that song. It's off of his album, You're the One. And Berlin, especially, is is my, my 10-year-old is playing this nonstop. The premise of the song is uh, pigs. You generally don't, don't think of them as being um, someone you need to worry about. They're big and fat. Pigs supposed to look like that, Paul Simon says. <laughs> uh, and then there's all these sheep. And they're in the field eating clover. And then all of a sudden there's a sheep missing. Where'd the sheep go? I don't know. Sheep dead, he says. And then there's these wolves up in the mountains. And the wolves are carnivores. They hunt at night. And then by the end of the song, the pig has convinced all the sheep that the wolves killed the sheep. And I started showing them about how he's actually commenting on America. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. It's just, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And anyway... Mm-hmm. Love Paul Simon. I'd, I'd pee myself. Paul Simon. Um, Graceland is the one record that I would say. Oh, man. That I, I, I wasn't a huge... I mean, Simon and Garfunkel, yeah, I liked them. Paul Simon. But Graceland, I remember going, whoa. 
Yep. I mean that. Lady Smith Black Bombazo yep. on that yep. one. Yep. Stunning. That record was crazy to think about the like collaboration between, you know, different styles of music and that was yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yep. All right, Steve. Uh, any anything I you wish I would have asked you that I didn't? This this was um, more than I ever could have hoped for, Steve. <laughs> you were so great. Thank you so much. Me, man. This is really special for uh, me. Any shout outs you want to give your kids or Heidi or anything or? Absolutely, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, my wife Heidi, love mm. her to death. Mm. She's absolutely um, the reason why I am who I am, and I'm very grateful to who she is for that. Yeah. And my kids, uh, I love that they allow me to be their dad. And um, we have so much fun. And, and they're so great. They're artists, you know, Steve. Yeah, they are. They're, oh yeah. I love your kids. I, I just booked Trent in Berlin for a, a church service. Uh, yeah. Playing violin and flute. We're oh, gonna nice. Play the greatest showman songs. And, yes. Yeah, yeah, for oh church. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I have to admit that I haven't actually seen the movie yet, which is, I mean, I'm just, that's that's sin, probably. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. Confession. For sure. Yep. Confession. Yep. Um, good friends thank you thank you to you yeah i'll say that um you have been one of the biggest surprises and highlights in my life steve mm -hmm. and the way that you have believed in me when i don't believe in myself and the way that you um support the way that you'll just text something that is who does what you do it's mm -hmm. stunning and absolutely have got me through the worst of it I'm very grateful for who you I are. love you so much man thank you love I you do. too i do this is great. Yeah. Um, pretty fun. Yay. All right, friends. Um, I hope you uh, have loved getting to know Steve as much as I do, but that's impossible because um, you, you just won't be able to love him as much as I do. <laughs> uh, but we will have him back on the podcast when the, when the record slash book is out. We'll give you oh. all the information about how to get that. Um, and... Steve, is there any way people can get on a list to like sort of, hey, you know, follow along? Like, is there, can I post something on the show notes that? Yep. We have a website up. Okay. And uh, you'll be able to post that. And there's an email list you can get on as well as. Uh, What's the out. website? That's a really good question. We just went live. Okay. Yeah. So you I, don't even know the. the... I think I'll it's put it on the show notes. Dot org, yeah. But so... Tove is the name of the band, TOV. So TOVmusic.org. But. Check the show notes, everybody, and then from there, I assume you can get on the email list, and then you can get absolutely information. Absolutely. So, so okay, yeah. uh, and maybe I can I can induce you to to let me put a little maybe a, a scratch track on the end. No, oh gosh, that, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Fun. Okay. Uh, so we're dust and breath. We're limited and limitless. We're human and holy. We're in it together. Grace and peace, my friends.
band together. 